0: Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive. Support for this show comes from Flatiron Books, publishers of Real Love, the new book from Sharon Salzberg. Learn to connect more deeply and redefine love with this creative toolkit of mindfulness exercises at sharonsalzberg.com.
1: From Spirituality and Health Magazine, this is Essential Conversations. Our guest today is Lizzie Velasquez. She's an internationally famous motivational speaker, a YouTube personality, and an anti-bullying activist who's been featured on The View, The Today Show, and in Forbes magazine, People and Allure, a number of other publications. She is also the subject of the critically acclaimed documentary, A Brave Heart, the Lizzie Velasquez story. And she's the author of this brand new book, Dare to be Kind, How Extraordinary Compassion Can Transform Our World. A review of the book appears in the May-June issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. Lizzie Velasquez, welcome to Essential Conversations.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Well, it's our pleasure. The book was fascinating. Your situation is intriguing. And the way you are dealing with it is inspiring. So let's jump in. I mean, I know you've told this story, I don't know how many dozens of times, and you've done so so eloquently. But our listeners need some brief introduction to, to your situation. So um, tell us how you came to be featured in, in the documentary and how you came to write the book.
2: Absolutely. So I was born with a rare syndrome that doesn't allow me to gain weight uh, so, as you can imagine, I was very small. Um, I was born 2 pounds, 10 ounces, and my size has just been very tiny ever since then. Um, besides that, everything else with me is has been completely normal. Um, I have a, a weak immune system, but I feel like that's the biggest thing. Uh, but because of the fact that I did look different, I had to deal with a lot of bullying at a younger age. I have an incredible support system who built this amazing foundation of normalcy for me when I was younger, so much so to the fact that I didn't know I was any different because I was surrounded by such positivity and no one ever made me feel like an outsider or like something was wrong with me. Um, That is until I went to school. And being a, a young kid, it's very confusing and frustrating because on one hand, you're just Lizzie and on the other hand you're Lizzie the girl who looks different and what's wrong with you and so that caused a lot of different types of issues as I got older Um, it also came along with I I've been undiagnosed I was diagnosed for the first time when I was 25 years old so a majority of my life was spent thinking and knowing I'll always be a question mark and again my support system. My support system was super amazing and always lifting me up on the days where I needed the extra help. And it wasn't until high school that I found a video on accident that someone posted of me calling me the world's ugliest woman and four million people had seen it. Everyone was telling me that I was just this ugly monster and to kill myself and all the horrible things you can imagine. Uh, after that, I realized I needed to take the situation into my own hands. And I didn't want their horrible words to define me. I wanted to create my own definition of who I am. I had no clue how that was going to actually play out because I was in high school. Um, oddly enough, when about a year after I found that video, I was approached to do uh, a speech. At my high school, for freshmen to tell them my story. And at the time, I had no idea public speaking was a thing. I thought telling my story was going to be so lame because what was my story? Like, no one's going to have, no one's going to care what I say. I ended up doing it, fell in love with it. And long story long, motivational speaking became my life's passion. Uh, I graduated from college and from then on went on to be a professional motivational speaker, an author, an activist, and now have this amazing platform to be able to use the personal experiences I've had that have been really challenging and use it as a way to help other people who might not know how to use their own voice.
1: It it is an inspiring story, and you make it sound easy. <laughs> like, you know, you guess, oh, I just reached inside and I found myself. But I've read the book and I've watched some of your stuff on YouTube and you're much stronger than that. I mean, it wasn't that easy. When, so you're, you're 28 now. This has happened when you were 17, when someone called you the most ugly woman in the world. Is that, Did I remember that right? Yeah. And then the horrible things that people said I mean, the internet can be an ugly place and and anonymity allows people's worst size to come out. But how is it, and, and I don't know if you can even answer this, but how is it that you had this inner strength to turn it around for yourself? I mean, lots of people in that situation wouldn't do what you did. What is it do you think... Uh, that I I don't want to say, you know, it made you special. I'm not, again, I'm not sure how to put this, but there's more to it than anybody could do this. I mean, you really have an inner strength. Where do you think that comes from?
2: Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree with you. It definitely wasn't easy and I don't think it will ever be easy for me to continue to overcome all of these unexpected obstacles, even though I have gotten to the point where I am today. It's a daily struggle and I I might have to disagree with you a little bit in the sense that I feel like every single one of us has this inner strength waiting for us to find and we don't know we don't often know that it's there or we might not know how to get to it because we might be living this life where Things seem like they're just falling into place when they're supposed to. And I study and I get good grades. I work hard and I make a lot of money. And I do these things and then a positive outcome will happen. And so you don't necessarily need to use that inner strength per se. Um, but I'm I'm a firm believer that we all have this inner strength or superhero power or this cape as I refer to in the book waiting for us. And I think when, when we least expect it, it's going to be put on. And it's going to be something that you can use. And you might not know how to use it when you first realize it. But once you're deciding that I have a lot of struggles coming my way, and I have no other way to get back up than to force myself to get back up. And that's sort of the situation I was in. And I definitely have to Give credit to my parents because, from literally day one, the day that I was born and made my appearance into this world, all of these doctors said, She's not going to be able to do anything. Every negative thing that you could not want to hear is what a doctor told my parents. And their immediate reaction was, We understand what you're saying, but we're going to take her home and raise her to the best of our abilities. And to have that foundation started for me at, at such a young, young age, and to have that continue to grow with support and courage and bravery and most importantly, laughter, I think that's when I have to dig into this inner strength bag, I guess you could call it, and use it to help me overcome any small thing or any large thing, but you're right. It's it's a lot easier said than done.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what I was looking for. It's a lot easier said than done. One of the supports you had besides your parents uh, was your faith. So uh, uh, tell us about how that. I mean, you, you were Catholic. Are you still Catholic?
2: Yes, I still am. My family brought uh, me and my siblings up in the Catholic Church, and we were very involved in it. Um, our entire lives. Uh, now that we are older, my brother and sister are both in college, my mom still works at our church as a receptionist. And to be able to just witness how they use their faith as such a pillar in every single obstacle or victory that is has come into their lives and to have those lessons be taught to us, even when we weren't realizing we were being taught this lesson of Forgiveness and love and acceptance—it's always been instilled in us.
1: And then, in addition to that, I'm, I'm going to read a little bit from the book. Not not long, but just to give the listener a sense of what your belief system is. So you write that and this is a quote: "Our lives have already been planned, and it's a far greater plan than we could ever dream of." This. That is one of my deepest beliefs. It's a belief that has come from the teachings of my religion, but you don't have to be Catholic or even a person of religious faith to benefit from a similar from, from similar point of view. And I want to explore that a little bit. I mean, not the Catholic part, uh, but uh, this notion of... I mean, you don't call it this, but it sounds like predestination. Our lives have already been planned. So expand on that a little bit for me and tell me how that helped you deal with your situation.
2: I think I think a better way that might be easier for me to explain it is is the fact that I believe we all have a purpose in this world. We all have this significance in this meaning to be put here on this earth, whether that meaning is only specifically for you, whether it's a purpose for you to go out and help others, whether it's a purpose to do whatever you can think of. That's what I mean by saying we all have this sort of predestination, I guess you could say, Uh, because I once I once I started realizing that motivational speaking was a way for me to connect with people who I never thought I could relate to because they don't know what it's like to live in my shoes. I always thought I was the only one because blank. And to know that speaking and all of these other things that I'm doing has been able to help me really, really shine a light that's way bigger than me uh, on what my purpose is.
1: Okay, so changing it from from to purpose helps me understand it a lot better. In, in Judaism, we also believe that each human being is born with a purpose. Uh, we call it a tikkun, a, a something that, a gift that you bring to the world that brings healing to the planet in one way or another. and you certainly are doing are doing that. What's? Been the response? I mean, this is a, a huge question to answer, but give us a sense of of how you've changed people's lives uh, who are being bullied.
0: Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for A Moment of Silence, a weekend workshop, May 24th to 26th, at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive.
2: It's been surreal, to say the very least. I think every day I'm honestly surprised at the impact that my story has had on people around the world now. I mean, I remember when I was 17 and just in high school, living in Texas and came home to my small little bedroom and decided I need to change the way I feel like my life could potentially go. And to be able to do that and now see it on such a a larger platform, I'm now able to hear other people's stories. And I feel like I, at the beginning did what I did so I could learn how to use my own voice. It was my own therapy in a way. And I'm now at a point where I have told my story and I will continue to tell my story, but I'm at a point now where I can tell your story. I can tell what, what you're going through or what your struggles are and help everyone sort of pull up those blinds and say, you're not alone. We're all in this together. We're all humans. And at the end of the day, we all struggle through something or another.
1: So, so that really speaks to, in, in my mind as I'm listening to you, to your uh, web series, Unzipped with Lizzie Velasquez. Tell us about that.
2: The show is something I am so very proud of. It was my first time to ever host anything. For 10 plus years, I've always been the one who asked the questions, and I'm now the one who is asking them. I told myself at the beginning of the year that I wanted to push and do whatever I could to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that came in the form of an idea I had to branch out. And I want a lot of people know me as Lizzie, the inspirational anti-bullying activist, and I will forever be that. But I feel like I have a lot more to offer and so many different topics and i had to challenge myself how can i how can i help people in a different way and i knew i wanted to try something that i've never bu- i've never done before and i've always had this idea of having a series where i can help people talk about confidence and we filmed 10 episodes. Each episode focused on a different event. So it was all about confidence in any situation. And what I loved about the show is that we had guests from all over the spectrum, whether they were younger or older or moms or people who I might not necessarily sit down on a regular basis to talk to. I was able to have them on the show and hear their views on different topics such as dressing appropriately to an interview, or how do you dress comfortable enough to go on a first date, or how do moms feel confident before, during, and after pregnancy?
1: So this is this is uh, um, more of your motivational work, more of your, I mean, it doesn't matter what because part of, part of it, as I was watching some of the shows, part of it deals with body image and you know what people are wrestling with in their in their own lives around their their physicality, uh, but you're really you're dealing with with confidence and competence across the across the board at any anything that people are wrestling with you. And, and this is a question, though it comes out more like a statement. Your experience in life so far, and again, you're only in your twenties, but your experience in life so far has been so deep that you can really bring a a level of insight that people lack about themselves. Is that fair enough? Is that yeah, how you I see Yeah,
2: totally, I totally agree with you. I I think I had a different. Uh, I don't know how to word it. I I had a different. Plan. I feel when you're when you start college, you are starting this whole new chapter in your life, and you're figuring out when I become an adult, I need to decide what I'm going to be now. And you have this four years or ho- however long you're there to really find yourself and figure out: Are you going to join organizations? Are you just going to go to to class and that's it, and not explore everything else college has to offer? And my experience was different in the sense that I was already doing my career while I was still a freshman in college. I would go to class Monday through Thursday. Friday, I'd get on a plane and leave to go speak. And I would write my book on the airplane and do my homework at a hotel and then do it all over again. Mm-hmm. And it was it was a good and a bad thing. And looking back now, it was it was a lot to take on at one time. But because I brought that all on and I welcomed it into my life, I really used it as a way to collect as many life lessons as I could possibly take with me. And it's benefiting me now at the age of 28 to have all of these experiences and to hear all these different stories, Uh, because at some point we'll all be able to get there, but I just did it in a different way and am able to share that a little bit sooner
1: so, Lizzie, the, the, the tagline to the book, Dare to be Kind, is how extraordinary compassion can transform our world. And, I mean, that's a question in and of itself. How does that work? But before you tackle that, you write, and I was very taken with this, all too often kindness is seen as weakness. Why do you think that is? I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but why do you think that is kindness is seen as weakness?
2: Some people look at people who are really nice and kind as someone who could be used as a doormat, as someone who will say, "Oh, they're never gonna have a confrontation with me, or they're never gonna disagree with me because they're too nice, they're too kind." And that's—I feel like I've experienced that uh, a time or two, where people think I'm—I'm I'm physically in this small body, and I'm being really nice to you because that's genuinely who I am. And they might not think that I can use my own voice necessarily. And when I'm able to have a conversation with them and they are able to realize that I am an adult and I can speak about issues that I'm very passionate about, it sort of changes the tune of the conversation.
1: Hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah, you have a small body, but you have a very strong presence in the book and on the screen. So I, I think people must realize that very, very quickly because you have, you have this real, this real power in of spirit. So how, how does it transform the world? So I I get now how you understand that, you know, kindness might is seen by some as a weakness. How do you see it transforming our world?
2: I've always said that it takes one person to make a difference. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the story about the little boy and the starfish. Uh, He is a little boy on the beach and he's picking up a starfish one by one and putting them back in the ocean. And a man goes up to him and says, why are you doing that? There's so many and you're wasting your time. And the little boy replied and said, I made a difference for at least one of them. Mm -hmm. And that's how I look at things. I, I look at what I do as a way to impact as many people as I possibly can. But if I'm only able to impact one person, I hope in turn that they're able to pass that along and continue this whole way of being kind to one another, leading by one person. And if we have a lot of people who are at least helping one other person, it's eventually, hopefully, gonna turn into something that we can see as a little bit of a change because we live in a world today, that's not very kind.
1: So do you have any suggestions for listeners if there's one or two things they could do to begin to make kindness a habit?
2: Being kind to yourself first. That's the most important thing. I used to doubt myself all of the time, and I would compare myself to so many different people, and it always led me down this really negative path, and And it it wasn't great. It wasn't until I had to actively remind myself and be very conscious of the fact that if I'm going to think bad about myself, how am I going to expect anyone else to think, think something nice about me if I can't even do that for myself? Figure out how you can be kinder to yourself. And once you're able to do that, see whatever you can to take that out into the world.
1: That is a perfect place to end the conversation. Our guest today was Lizzie Velasquez. She's the author of Dare to Be Kind, How Extraordinary Compassion Can Transform Our World. A review of the book appears in the May-June issue of Spirituality and Health magazine. You can follow Lizzie's work on her show Unzipped with Lizzie Velasquez. Lizzie, thanks so much for speaking with us on Essential Conversations.
2: Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me.
1: Oh, well, thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Support for this show comes from Flatiron Books, publishers of Real Love, a new book from Sharon Salzberg. Learn to connect more deeply and redefine love with this creative toolkit of mindfulness exercises at SharonSalzberg.com. Essential Conversations with Rabbi Rami is a project of Spirituality and Health magazine. Please log in to spiritualityhealth.com to subscribe to the magazine in print or digital formats and download the iTunes app for this podcast. Essential Conversations is produced by Ezra Baker and our program coordinator and executive producer is Alma Tassi. I'm Rabbi Rami. Thanks for listening.